Y'all need to look that up and listen. There's several renditions of it. The piano music on that's beautiful. It's hard to play, and uh, but maybe I think we got some people that can play it, and uh, we'll get it next next year. Amen. How many of y'all have your Bible with you this morning on Christmas morning? Yeah. Would you open with me to the Gospel according to Matthew? Gospel according to Matthew. And I'm gonna keep my promise. I told you that I know how to preach short. How many of y'all believe that? Appreciate the two of you. The rest of you think I'm going to lie to you right here on Christmas morning. And uh, we're here to enjoy it, aren't we? And uh, we're thankful. Uh, special morning. Matthew chapter 2. I want to preach this morning the Christmas star. But you know, really, I got to thinking about this. It's really the first Christmas ornament. What you think about that? When you think about a Christmas tree, what do you think about? Either an angel or a star on top. And uh, so this is really God's first Christmas ornament, the Christmas star. There's a lot of meaning to this star. And of course, uh, the Magi knew much more about this than we do today. But we understand that this is part of the Christmas story. Now, I do want you to understand that we have this idea that the wise men showed up. And of course, I understand a lot of times with Christmas plays and things, you've got to get it all in there. But Really, we believe that it was two or three years after Christ was born when the Magi showed up. The Bible said when they came, they came to his house. They did not come to the stable. So we know that he was much older. We know that it was no longer in a stable. But nonetheless, it is still yet part of the Christmas story because no doubt these men traveled and had to follow this star. They had to come from a long ways. and So it took them some time to get there. I want you to notice in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says this. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, so we know already the timing of it. In the days of Herod the king, behold, there come wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, the demanded them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, when they were some, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Heavenly Father, just use your word this morning. We'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We have this idea about this star that was always shining. Well, we find by reading this account that the star was not always clear. Because when they got here, they had to ask Herod where he was. And then the Bible said after, he got, they, after they got done talking to Herod, they saw the star again and they rejoiced. So here's kind of 
a little bit of an application there. Uh, sometimes you have to follow the Lord even in the clouds. Sometimes the star's not always seen. But you have to follow the Lord by faith. Amen? Sometimes clouds and storms and darkness obscures the star. But we know by faith we're trusting Him. Now when we think about this star, it was not created for earthly entertainment. But it was for, it was for a divine purpose and for a plan that was connected to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 2 here, as we just read, inter, really introduces us to what we would really call the original Christmas ornament. The Christmas star. And I don't know about y'all, but let me take a little poll this morning. How many of you have an angel on the top of your tree? Would you raise your hand? You have an angel on the top of your tree? All right. How many of you have a star on top of your tree? Yes, see, most of you have a star. Wonder why? I wonder why that is. Why a star? On top of the tree. Well, we find it here in spiritual context. A star is connected with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to notice the Christmas star, the Christmas, original Christmas ornament this morning. I want to just give you three quick things and we're going to be on our way. But number one, I believe this Christmas star speaks of God's glory. Now this original ornament, ornament of Christmas, this Christmas star, it was one that reflected God's light and God's glory. Why do people, why do we enjoy going out and looking up in the sky on a dark night and looking up at the stars? Why do we do that? Why does people do that? Why are people stargazers? What's beautiful light? When we think about this, it's to see the stars reflecting its light. Stars are nothing but reflecting the light of the moon. That's what stars do. They're reflecting the light of the moon. And I want you to know something. This star is doing nothing but reflecting the light of God. I want you to think about this. You see, God set those stars into place in the heavens. And it is God who allows for those stars to reflect His light. <clears throat> think about it Christmas. What is it? The festival of lights. When you go up to the Dollywood, where do you think these people just come up with these ideas? They're original that, hey, we're going to have a festive, a festival of light. No, Christmas is about lights because God is the God of light. We find that in the star. Everything is about God. Now, we live in a culture. We live in a time where they're trying to obscure the Lord in everything. So we've created all these other things to try to, to overemphasize, to become the big picture. And what's sad is most children today growing up in America does not even know that it, we're celebrating Christ's birth. But when you think about the Christmas story, and even the things that we enjoy today, all of them have their root in spiritual context of Christ's birth, the star. All throughout the Bible we find light associated with God's glory. Can we just go through a few? And by the way, I want to thank y'all for being here with me as I went through an antiquity of time. And I had a bunch of memories setting up here. And I appreciate y'all allowing me to share those two songs with you this morning. Well, let's go back through history here just a minute. And let's see where light is associated with God's glory. Was it not the light that God led the way for his people to come out of the land of Egypt? He made a way by a pillar of cloud and a light. We know that he led his people by light. Can I say that God allowed for Moses to inscribe the Ten Commandments under some stones? 
And we know that Moses returned down off of that mountain to the people. And the Bible says that Moses' face glowed. Why? Because he's seen God's glory. But the Bible said you could not see my glory face to face. It would take your life. So what did he do? He hid Moses in the cleft of the rock. And just the shadow of God made his face glow with light. It's always been associated with God's glory and God's light. When the angels delivered the message of Christ's birth, the Bible said the shepherds were afraid. Why? Because there was a great festival of light. So we see that all through the Bible, light is associated with God's glory. Make no mistake, the glory of God in the light of scriptures for even Jesus himself. Why? Because he was called the bright and morning star in Revelation. So this star that we sometimes just look on top of a tree and say, man, that is a beautiful ornament. It represents so much more than that. It represents God's glory. It's consistent throughout Scripture and very much present in the original Christmas ornament of Christmas. So we see that it represents God's light. Number two, the star speaks of God's guidance. Now, are you allowing God to guide you today? I want you to think about this. Can I ask you a serious question? What's guiding your life? What's guiding your life? By the way, so well, nothing's guiding you. Oh, yes, they are. Somebody's guiding you. Something or someone is guiding your life. There's no doubt about it. Someone might say, well, my job guides my life. Well, I'd hate to think that's what's guiding my life. We all have to work. The Bible says if a man don't work, he's worse than an infidel. We ought to know what work is. I believe every young man here ought to be taught to work. Work is important. But I want to tell you all something. If that's all you're living to guide your life, what happens when they need you no longer? I'm going to tell you, I thought about that with my dad. He worked for Verizon. Of course, it was different companies before Verizon bought him out. He worked for the telephone company over 30 years. And when he retired, he got a plaque. Now, it was nice. It was a nice gesture. And by the way, he's got a pension. I'm thankful for that. But I'm just saying this. If that's what he led, if that's what he lived his life to guide by, what's he doing now? His life's over because he no longer works for that company. Somebody say amen. What's guiding our life? See, here's what's beautiful about that. When Verizon is no longer in business, God's still in business. Who's guiding our life? Who's guiding our life? Who's guiding your life? What is the real guiding light in our lives? Are you walking daily with the Lord? Do you have a relationship with Him? He is the light of the world. He can guide our lives. Are you looking to the Word of God? The Word of God ought to be guiding our lives. I know that's unpopular today, and I know we've kind of become, you know, We've kind of become, you know, the minority in America. Oh, you believe the Bible? Yes. Well, y'all are crazy. Well, maybe so, but I still believe it. Amen. But I got our lives. I, I, I'll say this. When we're letting the Lord and His Word guide our lives, we, we, we're, not, we're in a whole lot less messes. Amen. I can promise you this. We can lay our head on the pillow at night a whole lot better with a clean conscience if we're letting God's Word guide our life. So think about this, that it might be a map. The Word of God should be a map by which God shines His guiding light to us and through it. In Psalm 119, we we learn this as a child, but the Bible says that God's Word is what? A lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So we, we understand the Word of God. Now, you know as well as I do, I like to hunt. Many times we go into the woods before dark. And uh, there's been times I like to go in without a light. 
depending on where I'm hunting, if I'm hunting up in my tree stand in West Virginia, I know that area so well, I normally go up in there without light. But if I'm hunting a new area where I'm in woods and I'm not sure where I'm at, it is foolish for me not to take a flashlight. And the reason being is because I need light to guide the way. Because I don't know the way. And by the way, we live in this old wicked world and really the only one that knows the way is God. He can guide us. Now, years ago, um, Mr. Mike and Dad and I, and we even took clay one year, we went down to Santee Cooper, South Carolina. We wanted to go down and catch some catfish. We went a few times. And we, we hired a guy. Now, we could have went down there, and we probably could have caught some fish, but to be honest with you, they probably wouldn't have been any bigger than this. But we hired a guy, and we hired a guy by the name of Buster Rush. You'll never forget that name, Buster Rush. Y'all ever heard a name like that? Buster Rush. And old Buster knew what he was doing, and I'm telling you right now, both times we went with him, we caught over 100 pounds of catfish. I mean, we caught a lot of fish. You say, well, why? Well, he knew the lake. He knew the area. And so what did we do? We, 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 we bought a guide. And so the guide took us out. By the way, in this whole world, I don't know everything, but I'm glad I have a guide. Amen. So you ought to get with the guide. God knows the way. And so we need to let the star of God's guidance, His Word, and through Him, we ought to allow Him to guide us just like these magi. Now I want to give you another application about this. They allowed God to guide them. Now, here's the, here's the key to that. They allowed God. God's not going to do it on his own. Some people have this idea about the Christian life like it's a bunch of rules and regulations. Listen to me. God says he wants us to love him. How do we love someone? If God made us do something, that's not love. If, if your spouse is making you love them, then you don't love them at all. Love is a choice. If you're going to love the Lord today, you're going to choose to love Him. And if you're going to let Him guide your life, you're going to allow Him. It's going to be a choice that you make. These Magi made the choice. They got from the comforts of their home, took them many months to get where they were going, but they followed this star. And by the way, we know that the star didn't always shine. And by the way, sometimes in the Christian life, the star doesn't always shine, does it? But he's always faithful. And they allowed God to guide them. Here's the, here's the key to that. They surrendered whatever their personal plans were to be a part of God's plan. Get a hold of that and don't let that go too fast. They surrendered their own personal plans to follow the Lord and let him guide their lives to be a part of his plan. Now I don't know about y'all, but the biggest plan going on in this world is God's plan. It's bigger than the president's. It's bigger than every country's leader. God's plan is the greatest plan that we can be a part of. And I'm thankful we're reading in this Christmas story of these magi because they surrendered whatever their personal plans were to be a part of God's plan. Look, they sacrificed time. They sacrificed energy. They sacrificed personal resources to make their own way to worship Him. I'm convinced that they did it all because what they believed they would find. Now here's where I want to close. What did they find? Why would they surrender their personal resources, their personal time, their comforts of home, 
Why would they go and follow a star? Some people look at them and say, you're crazy following something that you can't always see. And see, that's what the world says to us today. Y'all bunch of crazy people because you're trusting in a God that you can't see. But why do we keep following? Why do we keep letting him guide us? Just like the Magi, here's why, the last point. I believe their finding beyond the star was God's gift. Why is this star so important? Why should we let God guide us? Here are some men, the Magi. We know them to be very educated. We know them to be very wise. Obviously, they knew the star. They knew the scriptures. Obviously, they were very wealthy. Because the Bible tells us what gifts they gave. And if you do any study about the gifts that these Magi gave, they were not ordinary gifts. Today they would be like you walk outside and you just got a Nissan Murano. Somebody say amen. Did anybody get a Nissan Murano this morning for Christmas? Did anybody get a Nissan Frontier? And by the way, if you really want to go big, did anybody walk outside their house today with a big bow on it and it was a Toyota Tacoma? You're going to have to chunk down 50 grand to grab one of them things today. Somebody say amen. I mean, I don't know about y'all. That'd be a pretty good Christmas gift, wouldn't it? Well, I'm going to tell you all right now, these Magi wasn't cheapskates. They didn't put just a little bag of a a little bit of candy in there and say, hey, here, Merry Christmas. I'm going to tell you right now, they gave the best. They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That was very expensive. But here's what's amazing to me. As I got to thinking about those gifts, I want you to know something. I want you to know something. And yet all of their gifts combined a thousand times over could not begin to compare the marvelous gift that they seen in that child. The greatest gift. See, the God of heaven gave the gift. And their, high, their eyes beheld as that star led them to that place where they found, here's the gift, y'all ready? The Savior. The greatest gift. Have you reached that place where the Magi has reached? Has God with his glory guided you to the gift of Jesus Christ. Now look. Christmas is wonderful. But it's even better. If you know why we're celebrating it. And it's even better. If you know the one personally. That we're celebrating his birthday. You can receive gift after gift after gift today. And by the way I've learned now. Because of different family situations. Christmas is very. I mean look. Our Christmas this year is going to be spread out for a long time. You say, how so, Pastor? Well, we started this morning. Actually, we started last night. We opened up a few gifts last night. So there's Christmas Eve. And then this morning, we opened some gifts. And and then, because of the dynamics of the grandchildren, we're going to open up some more packages tomorrow night. And then, we're going to, on probably Tuesday morning, because the grandchildren are with Clay, We're going to get up Tuesday morning. We're going to open up some more gifts. Ain't that great? And then, because my in-laws live in West Virginia, we're going to go see them after Christmas. And we're going to open up gifts there probably on Thursday. So, I mean, I'm telling you right now, Christmas lasts forever these days. When I grew up, it was all over on Christmas Day. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It was all over there. But here's what amazing is. You can receive gifts all of this week and... I received some good good gifts this week. Hey, I received a new gift this morning. 
Never in my life have I ever had a pair of dress boots. Don't y'all like them? I've never wore dress boots in my life. They're pretty comfortable. Call me Cowboy Brandon. They're not a pair of Justins, though. Amen. But hey, I, I, I found out something else this morning I opened up and I was extremely delighted about. I got a game card. You say, Pastor, what's a game card? Well, where I hunt here in Tennessee, well, I actually got to kill something there. I did kill one there a few years ago, and it took me like an hour to drag him out, maybe longer. Uh, but now I got a game card. So now if I kill a buck, I can put him on this game card, and I can just wheel him out like he's on a, on a, on a uh, what's them things called? A dolly. Big old horns hanging everything, man. I can just, just dolly him right out. Hey, it beats this. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. So I open up that gift. It's like, oh, man, that's neat. But I'm going to be opening up gifts. Um, let's see, what else did I open up this morning? I opened up another pair of dress shoes. I'm hard on dress shoes. I walk funny, and so I wear my heels like this. After a while, you know, I'm walking like this. So I'm hard on dress shoes. I got another pair of dress shoes. Clay, what else did we get this morning? What would you get this morning? I got a duffel bag. Yes, I travel, preach some. And so through the years, I had an Alabama duffel bag. Can I get a witness? I got an Alabama duffel bag, and I've done ripped it all to shreds. So this morning, my children went in and got me a fancy, wancy, I mean fancy Alabama duffel bag. Nice. I'm going to tell y'all something right now, though. Ain't nothing like the gift he gives. Y'all can spread this Christmas season out as long as you want to, but I'm going to tell you something right now. There's not a better gift in the world and get better gift than you'll ever receive than what the Magi found that day and what I found as a five-year-old boy. And I hope and pray y'all know him this morning because I'm going to tell you something right now. To know Jesus is to have life. Amen. Greatest gift. Now let me ask you this. You know him? Do you know the Christ of Christmas? You say, Pastor, how do I get to know him? I'm glad you asked. You know, the world's confused about this thing. I want to tell y'all something. Don't tell nobody, but I don't like religion. Religion has always been an enmity with God. Religion is man's way of trying to reach something. I don't have a religion. Christmas is not about religion. It is about a Christ that you can have a relationship with. There's the difference. And when you meet Christ by faith, no, you're not going to sing. You're not going to sing with your eyes. Not today. And if you trust Him this morning, you're not going to sing today with your eyes. You're going to trust Him by faith. And I'm going to tell you something this morning. If you're here and you're not saved, you know it. You know if you're saved or you're not saved. You know it. Because I'm going to tell you why you know it or don't know it. Because if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. He's confirming you're saved. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit of God right now, you're starting to say, "Mm, I just don't know. Well, you're in a good place. Because you know what? I was five years old and I sat in the same building or same same kind of building, and a preacher preached that morning, and I was sitting back there, and for the first time I listened as a five-year-old boy, and I said, I'm not saved. I don't know the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior, and I'm so glad. My mom's in the nursery this morning, my, and my sister's back there too, and I thought, I'm so thankful that I had a mom that loved Jesus. 
She took me to church that morning, and I'm going to tell you right now, when I got under conviction that day, I said, I'm not saved. I told my mom, I said, Mom, I'm not saved. She took me home. I'll never forget, she sat me down on the couch. I can still remember where I sat on the end of that couch. It was one of them old 70 models, you know, couch, had the wooden arm on it, had a little bit of a cushion, you know, it had that big old, big old puffy cushion on top of it, but the end of it had wood on it, on the end. And I sat on that, she sat down there, and she opened up the Bible, and she shared with me John 3, 16. She's like, Mark, for God so loved the world. She said, Mark, God loved you. I said, yes, I know he did. She said, he loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son. She said, do you believe that Jesus Christ died for you? And I said, yes, Mom. The Bible says, for whosoever believed in him. She said, are you a whosoever? I said, yes, Mom. She said, do you want to call on him and believe on him today? I said, yes, Mom, I want to be saved. And right there is a five-year-old boy, by faith, from my heart, I prayed and asked God to save me from my sin. And I'm going to tell you all something right now. I'm as saved as I'm ever going to be. You know why? Because I met him that day. It wasn't by doing a bunch of works. It was doing it his way. He said, by faith are you saved. It's by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. These magi found the greatest gift that day. And I want you to know something, we can find him today. And if you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ, your Savior, listen to me. What a day of all days to get saved on Christmas morning. So if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ, look here. I beg you, I plead with you. Miss Donna's going to play something on this piano here in just a minute. I beg and plead with you, if you'll come I will have someone take the Bible and they'll show you today how you can know that your sins are forgiven and you can enter into a relationship with God in heaven and I can promise you this, he will save you from the guttermost to the uttermost if you'll trust him today. Nothing to be ashamed about, nothing to be embarrassed about. It's the most wonderful thing that ever happens to you. And if the Holy Spirit of God is knocking on your door, and by the way, you know whether he's not or not, you know whether you're saved or not. The Holy Spirit's convicting you and saying, you need this. You need this. I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. If, you're, if he's speaking to you, just say yes. But can I say this? If you're here this morning and you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, how many of you are glad that you're like the Magi? You have experienced the greatest gift. Amen. Let's thank him today. Let's worship him today. Every gift that you open, thank God for the greatest gift of Jesus Christ. Before you open up your gifts, maybe you'll be opening up some more. I don't know what it is, but every Christmas morning when I go, I've read Luke chapter 2 hundreds and hundreds of times. I don't know why on Christmas morning I have to brush back the tears as I read it. There's just something special about the Christmas story on Christmas Day. I hope and pray you know the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you're... Seeing his glory, I hope you're letting him guide you because he's trying to guide you to the greatest gift of life and that is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Miss Dawn is here. She's going to play something on the piano. Let me ask you this question this morning. Christian, are you letting him guide you? Are you like the Magi? Are you letting him guide you? If not, why not? If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ your Savior, would you please, I beg you, I plead with you. Let's just bow our heads just for a moment. Let's just silently, let me ask. You say, Pastor, I'm here this morning on this Christmas morning, and I know there's a 100%
confirmation, not because we deserve it, but there has been a day and time in your life that you trusted Christ as your Savior. And you're thankful for that. And by way of lifting up your hand, you're just giving testimony of that. Would you raise your hand and say, thank God I'm saved. Isn't that wonderful? Now let me ask you this. If you're here this morning and you were not able, you were not able to raise your hand, please, please, don't let this morning go by. You say, Pastor, that's me. No one's looking. Now, I'm talking to you. If you wasn't able to raise your hand, and I could not see, I'm just saying, if you could not raise your hand, I'm asking you this. You say, Pastor, I'm concerned about it. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I don't know for sure. If I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm concerned about it. Would you pray for me? Is there someone like that this morning? Would you just slip up your hand where I can see it? Just quickly, where I can see it. Is there anyone like that this morning? How many of you know the Lord has spoken to your heart about something? How many of you want Him to guide your life more this year coming up? Let's ask God to help us. Amen. Let's surrender our will to His will to be a part of His plan. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for Your goodness. We thank You for Your grace. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this morning. We thank you for these dear, precious people that made their way out this morning and we worshiped you here in this place. Thank you for the first Christmas ornament and what all that represents. Now, I pray that you'll put a hedge of protection around all of us today. Help us to enjoy our families. Lord, there's so many that are sick. I pray you'll touch their bodies. Again, we thank you. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Before you leave this morning, tell, I don't know, don't leave the building until you find five people. Tell them Merry Christmas. Tell them how much you love them. Look, I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm not trying to be morbid. But I'm telling you right now, we never know if this will be the last Christmas we get to celebrate with some people. So let's be a blessing while we can. Tell at least five people how much you appreciate them and love them. God bless you. Merry Christmas.